why people call me Nick, stream law. Basically, companies like to pretend that they know you and your content when they offer you stuff. At least the shady ones do. Um, or the ones that are doing mass emails. So they'll have a look at like your most recent stream and be like, hey man, I love insert game here's content, right? That kind of thing. I got this email that's like, hey, I love your speedruns of GTA 5. I've got an offer for you. And I look at this email and the first thing they say when the email opens is, hi, Nick. And I was like, you know my content so well that you don't even know my name. <laughs> Swing and a miss. And still to this day, occasionally, people will be like, hey, Nick, how's it going? It was a more dominant meme back in the day. How'd they get Nick? I assume it was the last person's name they used before they sent an email to me. The gibberish stories typed in Twitch chat. There's a handful of things that are annoying about being a streamer. One of them is when you look at chat and you try to read something and it's written in such garbled English and you tried it time and time again. You see, they're trying to piece, like you're still the fucking Da Vinci Code of a goddamn fucking story. And you've already started, so you feel invested. And you just keep going and going, and you realize there's, there's no way to understand it. And then you get some level of understanding. It's just a shitty story anyway. You're like, why the fuck did I do this? Happens all the time to me. Read, read this to yourself. I found the stolen red box rental case that had Doom in brackets, new in a stolen. Owner went to jail and the owner of the car shop said, you can keep everything in the car if you want. I doubt he'll come back. So naturally I took it. What car shop? In a stolen what? It's, so, it, so it's a stolen car? But why are you at the car shop with the stolen car? Why do you have the option to get the car? How do you know that the red box was stolen? Nothing about that story makes any fucking sense. But even with stolen car, it's still very confusing. Why I never refer to myself as Viper. I want you to go onto YouTube. There's like, go onto Google and type in Viper GTA 5. See how long it takes you to find me. It's gonna take you a fucking while, because there's a car called a Viper. My name isn't Viper, it's Dark Viper AU. Viper is something you can't Google, and so I can never be found with that name. You guys can call me Viper, but I don't formally go by Viper. As in, if you saw me on some media thing, I'd be called Dark Viper or Dark Viper AU. You won't ever see me in any official capacity being called Viper. Why all the big game companies made their own launches? Steam takes a huge cut. Was it like 30% on their launcher? But as these companies have gotten bigger, and they have franchises that are very recognizable that people would be willing to purchase anywhere. They say, look, we're gonna lose some people by not being on Steam, but we're gonna make more money because we won't have to pay Steam, right? And so we'll have our own launcher. And with your own launcher, you can advertise your own games. So every time, you know, you go to play GTA 5, it'll say, hey, you want GTA 6? GTA 6, pretty good. You create your own kind of ecosystem. Like every single time you open the Blizzard launcher, it's like, hey, yo, you know, you play World of Warcraft, but what about Starcraft? You don't get that kind of freedom with Steam. How Steam got off the ground was Steam was uh, Valve's game launcher. But everyone installed Steam because Valve's games were very popular. And so Steam was basically like, hey, yo, person publishing a game. We have a huge user base. You know, you give us a cut of sales and we'll put your game on our launcher. And every time someone opens that launcher, they'll be like, hey, you want to buy this brand new game by this company? 
and companies were like, oh yeah, that's a fucking brilliant idea. And soon everyone was doing it. And with more and more people putting their games on Steam, you know, eventually it just became the thing that everyone did. If you want to release a game, you had to put on Steam. It's not as true these days, but imagine being an indie game that didn't release on Steam. Who's gonna fucking buy your game? You know? Thoughts on tattoos, piercings, body mods. What's my opinion on body modifications, piercing, tattoos, etc.? As far as tattoos are concerned, I can't think of a single thing that I'd want on my body that I'd be happy to see every single day. Wouldn't you just get sick of it in 10 years? And when your skin, uh, you know, fades and grows wrinkly and stuff over the coming decades, won't it look far worse? Piercings as well, like that stuff, would you be really happy with it for the rest of your life? The origin of the nice house music meme. One day, I was on Sky in the Port, and I looked over at my chat, and there were a lot of people there asking questions. I was like, oh, sweet. Someone's like, hey, what's your favorite drink? And I'm like, oh, bourbon, I guess, dude. And it's like, so how you, and someone's like, how are you going? I'm, I'm going pretty good. They basically, just kept there asking random questions. I'm like, wait a second, this is kind of weird. And so it turned out that I was being viewbotted, but with chatbots. So they were all just asking random questions, or saying um, random things. Like, you're doing good, streamer. And one of the bots was like, nice house music, streamer. And I was like, but, but I'm not even playing any music. And so whenever we talk about bots now, or that chat's full of bots or something, people, people always say now like, nice house music, streamer. <laughs> Beep boop, Mr. Destructoid. I really enjoy house music. How my rambles cost me a $3,000 sponsorship. I got this sponsorship. It was worth three grand. And I was like, oh, that's very good. And I did all the work for it, put all the time in. And then at the final hour, they were like, yo, we understand that the vast majority of your content is uh, speed running in GTA and stuff. Your speed runner ramble series. We don't like that. So uh, we're going to cancel the deal. I'm like, I did all the work already. You contacted me like a month ago. You already knew about the content on my platform. Like, yeah, guidelines have changed, so. You've set up an agreement. You change your guidelines. Continue the fucking agreements. Apparently there's some clause or something in the contract where we're saying about politics or something. I don't know. I totally would understand if a company said, yo, don't want to associate with anything that even is tangentially political. I'd be like, that seems weird. A smallest fraction of what I do mentions in any way, shape or form politics. But that's your, your business. That's fine. But stringing me along for a month, having me finish the fucking work, agonize over it and deal with it, and then pull it. That's just fucking nonsense. I don't like horror games. What do I think of horror games? Uh, I'm not a fan. I don't like to be on edge. Don't like to be scared. I think a lot of people will agree with me and that's why um, people like watching other people play those games. That degree of separation where you're not making the decisions makes it a little easier. Like, I think even horror movies are better than horror games. Because a good horror game can be really sucked in. Nervousness when talking to others. I'm waiting to become an adult so I can talk to strangers without feeling like one of those kids that lost their parents at the gro in the grocery store. Everyone's faking it to some extent, right? Like, everyone still has anxieties and worries and feels nervous when talking to people sometimes about different things. Like everything, it becomes easier with practice. It's less a matter of uh, becoming an adult and more just, you know, as you live more life, you get more experience talking to people. 
Ruining my school play in the fifth grade. Like, I still remember fucking up in the school play in the fifth grade. I'm sure everyone forgot about that a week later. No one gave a shit, but I still remember it. It's, it's just irrational, right? We're meant to hold up these banana things. Like, they, they were meant to represent bananas, right? But only one side of the bananas had bananas drawn on them. I held it so the side without the bananas was showing. So mine just looked like, I don't know, like a just a blank bit of white paper or whatever, where everyone else's was uh, like yellow bananas. So I still got, like, still got like a sore thumb. And I think you were meant to hold them to your right so you could be seen. But I kind of just was nervous, so I hid behind mine. My goal was to be as noticed as little as possible. I should have taken the 9F here. But what ended up happening is I drew massive amounts of atten attention to myself. And my mother was in the audience as well, so she was super embarrassed. One thing I've learned in life is a very good way to make yourself look stupid is to try really hard not to make yourself look stupid. You just gotta learn to go with the flow. Commentary on a live streamer saying all live streamers are completely fake. How could you stream all day being a fake person? How could you manage that? Wouldn't you just like burn out super fast? Like what how, What would you talk about? Maybe that's where half of Twitter is people talking about taking breaks for their mental health. I guess if you're, if you're a fake person online, you would need to take breaks to be yourself. I made this reference a little while ago. For some reason, I had to review the footage of one of my Any% runs. I think my Any% world record. That day, I'd been talking about a subject. Went on about for like 15, 20 minutes. Something about philosophy or whatever. And then I watched my Any% video from three years ago. It was the exact same conversation. I was saying the exact same things in the exact same way. It'd be inconceivable to me that I haven't changed over the last three years. But I don't think it's like, in terms of me becoming a fake person or something, it's more that you just change over the years. You know, you learn new things, gives you a different perspective and whatnot. I know I feel like fake people don't succeed in the long run. It, I think it just depends on what kind of content creator you are. It just seems like something you can't keep up long term unless the character you're playing is very similar to yourself. I can't remember which theorist it was talking about the world as a stage where there is the stage in front of society, the public sphere where you're you are one person and then behind the curtain, you're another. Like clearly people are not the same privately as they are publicly but the distinction is more or less depending upon the person if you're streaming endless hours every single day that would be so tiring if there was such a huge distinction between those two things the, the your public and, and private self when soda poppins there talking about how he's fucking his sex doll or whatever or he's talking about his masturbation habits whatever it is i don't think soda poppins playing a character there there would of course still be a difference between the way that he conducts himself on stream and how he conducts himself privately, but the the differences wouldn't be super stark. When people talk about meeting Tyler One in real life and him on stream, they're clearly very much the same. Even Doc. What I've heard of Doc's character is it's an exaggerated version of himself. The reason why this dude is so confident that everyone is this way is because, as I've said before, we judge other people by ourselves. We consider ourselves to be the standard unless proven otherwise. It's, it's like that old thing, um, whether you sit down to wipe your ass or stand up. Everyone has that moment when they find out that some people do the other. And they're like, really? People do that? What? Because you've, you've never been in a situation where you could 
be given evidence that people do something differently. So you just assume everyone else is the same. And so this guy, probably a very fake motherfucker. And so that's just what he assumes about everyone else. To clarify, I'm not saying live streamers act identically on stream to how they act off stream. I'm just saying that it would be extremely taxing to maintain a huge degree of separation between who you are as a person and how you act on stream. You can't edit the content like you can for YouTube, so maintaining effectively an entirely separate personality for half a dozen hours a day is more than what I believe the average person is capable. Live streaming is entertainment, so surely people will act differently to be entertaining, but the core of the person themselves will be there. Someone lied about finding a prologue cutscene skip. Someone posted in the Discord that like, on this particular patch or something, if you hold control and press F5, it allows you to skip the prologue cutscenes. I've never gone off at a person for suggesting a strap before. I just was just like, are you fucking kidding me? No video, no nothing, just saying, oh yeah, you know, I've just, I found a way to skip the cutscenes in prologue. No big deal though, man. It's probably patch specific. It probably even, it doesn't even save time. Don't worry about it. Fuck you. How chat can lose you time in speedruns. Back in the day, I used to do runs without chat and it didn't really help me. But these days, there's far more viewers and far more of a necessity to uh, read. Like in an ideal world, at no point should having a chat make you play worse. Unless, of course, you're just made nervous by people watching or whatever. Like, you should only read chat when there's a 0% chance that you can lose time. But that's not how it ends up going. You read chat when you have a 95% chance of not losing time. And then something unexpected happens and you get screwed. Plus, because you're thinking about what to say to chat, you're not thinking about what's coming up next. Reflecting on the growth of facts and glitches. So yesterday, I was looking at my first facts and glitches episodes. In episode 2 of that series, there's this little thing I do before the episode starts where I'm like, hey guys, there was such a huge amount of support for the previous episode that I'm gonna do another episode. I show an image of how many views I got. The first week got 11K views. And I was like, wow, that's so many views. Oh my God, I, I'm like, I'm like fucking famous. And it's just interesting to see that comparison from then to today. It was just a, it was just a cool thing, seeing how far I've come is what I'm saying. I never expected to get a thousand paid subs on Twitch. Never did I expect to be this successful. I once said I would dress up as a princess if I got a thousand subs. Because at the time, I had like 170 subs or something. And I didn't think Twitch Prime existed then. I was like, that's never gonna fucking happen, man. Now I have like double that, so did I, did I become double princess? The time I accidentally live streamed from my phone. Yesterday, I did an in real live stream to Hungry Jacks. Then when I came home, I disconnected the stream on my phone, started it on my OBS, on my PC. Then I ended the stream on my OBS. And apparently sometime after that, it restarted on my phone. So me closing OBS on my PC, turning off my camera and stuff, I thought I was fine. For like 15 minutes, my phone broadcasted um, the bottom of my monitor with the microphone on. The only reason I noticed was because I was like, hmm, I wonder how good the quality was of my in real life stream today. So I went and had a look at it and was like, oh, my stream is on, what the fuck? Lucky I don't do any, particularly anything weird outside of streaming. Because all I did was watch a few clips of live stream fail, a few clips of uh, YouTube haiku, and I started editing a bit. 
Moving out of my parents' house forced me to no longer be a picky eater. If I've paid for something, or something's free, I'll be like, yeah, I'll fucking eat it. I was certainly a picky eater when I was a kid, but when I moved out, I was like, what, this, this is 60% off? I'll eat it. Well, this is, this is like, you know, something my roommates have left in the cupboard that's been there for a year. I'll eat it. I'll try everything at least once. Often it's too disgusting for me to eat, but I'm always going to try at least once. Like yesterday, I don't like tomatoes on burgers. And I, I said, this, this tomato is disgusting, chat. Do you want me to eat it? And chat all type one. So I was like, fuck it, I'll eat it. Because it ain't going to hurt me. I'm like, that wasn't very good, but you know, fuck it. Tomatoes exist to be thrown at people. The person who first grew tomatoes was like, man, these things are really disgusting, but they have like a satisfying squish to them. They'd be great to throw at people who were being mocked in the town square. But then he found that people actually ate them and he was like, really? Oh, okay, I'll keep growing them if you crazy people want to eat these things, but... And he made like a trillion dollars selling tomatoes. True story, look at that. Bread disappoints me. What sucks most about bread is that it tastes the best like immediately after it's made and then like every day afterwards it's slightly worse so you buy a fresh bread from the store oh 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 that's some good stuff you wait three days and you look at it like you're such a disappointment whose garlic bread is it anyway so for those who don't get what happened some random person in chat said remind me in three and a half minutes that i have garlic bread in the oven and I said that out loud, reading what he said, and everyone in chat thought I was asking to be reminded in three and a half minutes about my garlic bread. So chat's spamming garlic bread, and I'm like, I didn't think chat would care this much about some random dude's garlic bread. But it was people trying to help me out for my fictional garlic bread. You're not a random person. It was you trains. Well, I'm happy you got your garlic bread, dude. Just casually having something in the oven while speedrunning? I mean, that's incentive to go fast. It's like, okay guys, if I don't get world record, I'm gonna ruin my dinner, so. My plan to get back the GT5 speedrun world records. What's gonna happen is GTA 5 speedrunning will die. 20 years from now, I'll boot up my game. I'll be like the only moderator still active. I'll do a run, get world record, then submit my time and accept my own time, and then I'll have the final world record. <laughs> Just hold back strats for 20 years! <laughs> Does Twitch deserve a cut of sub-revenue? These are my thoughts after seeing someone complain that her community wants to give her $5, not Twitch 250 and her 250, and they should have that option. The overwhelming vast majority of Twitch streamers just cost Twitch money. 99.9% .9 of people who have ever streamed on Twitch have just cost, costed Twitch money. I'm including in that the people who've like streamed once and then just bailed and stuff, right? People don't think about that. They just say, oh, I'm losing this money and Twitch is taking it. Grr. What's that? I cost Twitch money for like four years becoming, growing my community. And Twitch dares to take my money when I was just using their free service and costing them money and like Twitch never complained. Because it's Twitch's business model. They offer you a free service in the hopes that you grow large enough that they can recoup their, uh, their, their cost of you growing. Be sure to like the video and subscribe to my channel. It costs you nothing and I wish you all the best.